0: It's Oklahoma Archery, everything archery based out of Oklahoma for Oklahoma. Let's get it started. Hey, hey, everybody, we're back. This is going to be another Oklahoma Archery podcast, and this is just number two. We're still trying to figure things out, but um, Neil and I are on here and we got a special guest we're going to introduce here in a minute. Neil, say hello.
1: Hey, everybody. Hope your week's going good. Hope you beat the heat. Hope you're going to be shooting your bow this weekend.
0: Real quick, I wanted to tell everybody, we really, Neil and I have been blown away with the text messages, the Facebook messages about our first podcast and everything that we wanted to bring out. I believe everybody's ready for it. What do you think, Neil?
1: Well, we're going to try to keep them occupied. Um, there's a lot of good archery podcasts out there, and we're just going to try to be one of them. We're going to get as many guests as we can to talk anything from target archery to hunting, and we're going to do our best to showcase some of the local shoots, tournaments, and shops. Um, really want to be sure and shout out these people that are out there in the heat, mowing 3D lanes and you know spending money on indoor targets. So we're going to do our best to keep everybody afloat.
0: I want you to know we've had 12 states in the last three days listen to that other podcast. That just blows my mind
1: yeah it's uh a, it's a, it's a small community, but you start making friends at some of these tournaments and um, you know, I know a few people out out West that listen to it, and I've heard some people from you know well I, I we're in Oklahoma, but I call it the south um you know, so it's we we had a pretty good reach I've uh, heard from a lot of people that are um you know really really excited about it, and you know they most of them I'm like, well, you better get ready because you're gonna be on it before too long, so um <laughs> we're not gonna run out of guests or stuff to talk about anytime soon
0: i I think that's right, well, Neil, won't you introduce our guests?
1: Well, we've got Chris Edwards with us here today, and if you're from Oklahoma, there are actually two Chris Edwards. This is the younger Chris Edwards. Um, the other one is the range manager out at Trosper Archery Park in Oklahoma City. So, really, in Oklahoma, we've got more Chris's that shoot archery than anything. I mean, there you couldn't go to a tournament and say Chris and have at least seven or eight people turn around. Um, but we've got Chris Edwards today. He is one of the local college. Is it Southwestern Christian. Yeah. Southwestern Christian, Southwestern Christian. And they have a, a pretty active archery team. Um, they shot some big tournaments this past winter. And we wanted to get him on today to kind of talk about his team, his program, um, what's going on at the college, how the, how the collegiate archery scene plays out here in Oklahoma and, just kind of get a feel for what they're going to be doing this year um you know the the young folks are the future of our sport and from what i've seen of their team indoor is they have some really good shooters coming out of this program so we wanted to get him here he said he's coming into town for early registration and i said well i know just the i know just the thing you can stop off and do uh while you're in town before he heads back home so um Chris tell us about yourself. How long have you been shooting? Uh what what got you into archery and what are you doing now?
2: Yeah, um uh, hey, like, he, like they said. I'm I'm Chris Edwards. I'm actually from uh South Central Missouri, little little town called Norwood in the middle of nowhere. About an hour east of Springfield. It's a it's a nice little place. Yeah, I came into town, been shooting at uh at Southwestern Christian. Came into town for our uh athletic early registration so driving 300 miles to sign four pieces of paper and go home it's a great time but <laughs> i've been shooting archery this will be this will be my my 10th or 11th year i believe i've been shooting for 10 years now and i actually got started in the uh the nasp system the the national archery in the schools program we started that program in my school we're, we're a k-12 So we started that in my school whenever I was in fifth grade. So it's been, it's been happening for a minute there now, but I had, I had a really good fourth grade teacher and a really good fifth grade teacher. They were both pretty good friends and they, they saw an advertisement for it or something because it was kind of just kickstarting at that time. And they decided, you know, that's, that's something cool. And I think that we would have interest in that. So they started that program and it started out just fourth and fifth graders whenever I was in fifth grade. And then. Whenever I went to sixth, they expanded it to to middle schoolers and then I think my seventh grade year they expanded it to high school and it uh it pretty quickly became actually the the biggest program in our in our school. We graduate about twenty five kids a year our our whole high school is two hundred kids pretty small country school but we'll have at any time we'll have between thirty and fifty kids active in our, our archery program so that's actually a pretty good chunk of our of our student body. So yeah, I I started out shooting that and uh just started out shooting just kinda to have something to do. It was just kinda neat. Like, oh shooting bows, that that sounds fun enough, I guess. Then got into middle school and got a little better and uh got qualified for some, some state championship tournaments. And then getting on I think it was our eighth grade year as a team we qualified for the national championships, and then going into freshman freshman year of high school, everyone started to, to really get serious about it we kind of we kind of learned what opportunities were there, what scholarships were there and stuff and that year we qualified for our first uh world championship tournament, and in that we had some we had some pretty good success I was really blessed to take fourth on the three d stage there uh my freshman year, and just since then there's really been a a fire ignited me for uh, tournament archery, so and that was a that was a really good place to start, and that's a that's a really good program. Then going into my senior year, my my coach saw an ad on Facebook for Southwestern Christian, and uh they were starting a, a archery team, and were having open tryouts. So she contacted the coach, told him about me, told him about. Some of my accolades, and that same evening, I got a call in a scholarship offer. So it's to, to get into it a little deeper. It's actually a, a a really really good story. But yeah, so that's that's kind of my history in the sport. And then last year was our our first year as a collegiate team, and we, with it being our first year, we didn't get to shoot a, a ton of tournaments, but we did get to go to Vegas. We got to shot. Got to shoot NFAA, Southern Sectionals, shot some local world archery stuff, and I've really enjoyed it. It's it's really been a awesome experience, all in all.
0: Do you know... Well, let's start with this. Chris, tell us about the your bow sh- setup. What are you shooting and all that?
2: Well, right now, I am shooting a Darton Tempest ET, and that's about a 35.5 axle-to-axle, axle. so... a a pretty good hybrid setup good for indoors good for outdoors and i I shoot the same bow for both um just just started running gas strings on it actually just got those in a couple weeks ago and it's shooting lights out with those i'm running extreme stabilizers which is the the company that makes 60x strings is the same company that makes those so I'm running 60x stabilizers. I think I'm running three ounces on the front and 14 on the back. So I'm running a, a pretty light stabilizer setup, but it, it holds, you know, fairly tight and it, it aims pretty quick. So that's that's pretty well how I like to shoot. And for in, for outdoors for 3D, I'm shooting PS23s, uh, 28 inch carbon to carbon. With 150 grains in the front, I'm shooting tack vanes, three-fletch and uh, pin knocks, and for indoors, I'm running ps27s with 26 and a half inches carbon to carbon and a four-fletch tack and pin knocks and uh, 150 grains up front. so running running a pretty light front weight setup for indoors. Um, Shooting a true ball goat set as a thumb, have that set pretty light. That's my release. Setting a shooting a excel achieve XP sight with a ultra view two scope.
0: What about so, your rest? No,
2: it's the it's the UV the UV three scope. And for for a rest? rest, I'm shooting yes. a Hamsky hybrid pro. Nice. Yep, And shooting that as a drop away. I started out shooting it as a, as a, like a fixed blade rest. And I didn't really like that too much, but I started shooting it as a drop away and it shoots really well. That is that. So that's, that's pretty well my setup. I can't think anything on that, that I'm missing, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm shooting indoors and outdoors with.
0: It sounds like a good solid, uh, system you got and all that for your school. How many archers are in your school, on your team?
2: Um, not very many right now. As I said, this, this upcoming school year, this will be our second year. And we've had, we've had some people go out, some people come in. So last year we had, we had two uh, target compound shooters, two bow hunters, and a bare bow shooter. But this next year, we should have two target shooters, one bow hunter, and then I think three bear bow shooters. So we're all going to be out- outnumbered by the by the bear bows this year.
0: <laughs> Let's see. Do
1: you know if any of them? Do you know if any of your team members came to school not knowing about the archery team and walked on, found out about it later? or did they all come knowing that they were going to participate?
2: No, actually last year um, of the five of us, only two came to shoot. I, I came to shoot, and then the other uh, target compound shooter came on a, on a scholarship to shoot. But everybody else, so we have Carson Jacobs. He was a bow hunt, or He shoots bow hunter, and he was a junior last year and just got recruited onto the team. He also plays baseball. We had Dakota Pisano. She used to play volleyball, and she was a sophomore last year and got recruited onto the archery team. And then Will Stevens, he, he was there as a, as a sophomore, and I don't believe that he was involved in any athletics, but he actually approached our coach and ended up walking on. So, yeah, actually a lot of our team isn't from a target archery background but ended up recruiting and ended up shooting pretty well. Did
1: you, so you stay had people in people oh. that were pretty? Go ahead, Dave.
0: I was just going to ask. Did you stay in touch with any of them through the summer? And did they? Did y'all have a take-home uh, test or whatever you want to call it? Uh, a project to, to work on to get ready for this next year?
2: Um, well, over the summer, I actually, I actually have uh, stayed in touch with a lot of them. Um, a, a lot of those teammates ended up being pretty good friends through the year. I mean, whenever you show up to college, you're 300 miles from home. You don't really know anybody. Your your teammates, it's it's easy to adopt them as your, as your friends pretty quick. Um, I actually just talked to Carson, talked to him on the phone yesterday to see if he's, which I'm sure that we'll get into it later, the Okie Land tournament that's happening this weekend. I just talked to him on the phone yesterday to see if he was shooting that. Uh, sadly, he isn't. I've talked to Dakota, Plunia and I've talked to Will. Um, but we, it kind of surprised me, but we didn't have any sort of, you know, kind of assignments or practice schedule through the summer. So we've all just been hitting it by ourselves and just doing, you know, sticking to our own plans and shooting the, the types of tournaments that we want to be shooting, which has been like the structure would have been nice, but also the the freedom to work on whatever we want to work on has also been been really nice for sure go ahead neil i
1: was just gonna gonna comment that it it sounds like you have some people there on the team that were pretty new to target archery and then within a year of shooting you're shooting the vegas championships you know the biggest one of the biggest indoor archery tournaments that is around and that's got to be pretty cool because you know you go to these different tournaments and you you talk to guys and they say oh yeah vegas you know that's that's a bucket list item i want to go to vegas and you got kids that are you know 19 20 21 years old that might not have been shooting for a year even and they're traveling across the country to go shoot 90 arrows for score at the world's biggest stage so that's that's a
2: pretty cool thing oh yeah absolutely um Dakota, for example, like whenever, whenever she signed on for target archery, she didn't even, you know, I'm, I'm not at all saying anything bad about her. She just didn't know, but she, she didn't even really know what she was signing up for. And then me and Carson, we we were both pretty familiar with target archery and we're like, Oh yeah, we get to shoot Vegas. We're so excited. And she's like, what even is that? And, uh, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm going to make, I'm going to kind of tell a story on her and kind of tell a story on Jessica too. And I, I hope that neither of them listen to this and then want to kill me. But Dakota, Dakota started out, she didn't know anything. I mean, she she really didn't know too much about shooting a bow and shooting just a, just a nice little bow hunter setup. I mean, I think that her first Vegas round for score, I think that she shot like a, something around a 200, which, I mean, starting out isn't bad. By the end of the year, she was shooting consistently up in the 280s. So I mean just leaps and bounds of progress within that. And same thing for Jessica. Jessica had shot a couple years in NAS but hadn't been super consistent, hadn't been like consistently successful at the top winning tournaments and stuff. And she showed up and was shooting, you know, down in the in the two fifties and two sixties. And um, you know, I'll give her a lot of credit. She she worked really hard and was pushing, but was having a, a hard time breaking through into some of those higher scores, but then we, we take, and we load up, and we drive 16 miles over to Las Vegas, and uh, in three days, she shot her three highest scores ever, Um, I think that it was like a a 291, a 294, and a 293, something, I mean, something crazy for, for what she had been showing was her ability, and then she shows up there under, under pressure at a big stage that, that she didn't even really understand, you know, she didn't, quite understand how big of a deal it was and then shows up and kind of showed up a lot of the team honestly
1: she, for the record she, she also showed up some people that were not on the team most, <laughs> most importantly yours truly <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we watch we, we watched these kids shoot all winter and I should not say kids you're all you're all young adults yeah we watch all these young people shoot. All winter long at the uh, Oakland Bow Bowhunters usually hosts a weekly Vegas jackpot, you know, just getting everybody ready, getting them some time on the line. They'll even simulate uh, shoot-offs, shoot-downs, and shoot-ups depending on the turnout. So, you know, we we saw these people come in here that's like, yeah, you're getting better. You're getting real better. You're getting a lot better. And they go to Vegas, and they're, they're smoking stuff up in the low 90s, mid-90s, and it's like, talk about peaking at the right time. Yeah. You know, a lot of people go to Vegas and, you know, the nerves get to you and the travel and the humidity, you know, you go out there in that dry desert and that uh casino full of 30-year-old stale cigarette smoke and the wheels kind of <laughs> the wheels can kind of fall off the bus real quick out there and you see these kids just hammer in middle and it's it's pretty cool that you can go to the biggest indoor tournament Or one of the biggest, at least, if it's not the biggest. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But just to shoot your three highest scores like it's,
2: you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Jessica showed up and she was shooting crap. It was just Tuesday. You know, it just, it didn't matter. It didn't matter where she was. She was just, she was there, had her game face on, and she was shooting. And she was, I mean, she was sure proud of it. And crap, I don't blame her. I'd be, I'd be proud of it too, setting three personal records in three days in qualification to Vegas. Yeah yeah it was it was really impressive we
0: were all really proud well let me ask you this at the state you're at and this is is this going to be your sophomore year correct yes sir yeah okay let's let's start off with uh cutting out the sir part we'll 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 clear the air on that right now Uh (laughs) uh-huh or uh uh-uh we'll do just fine all right all right (laughs) okay Uh, I'm sure you've been, (laughs) well, I, I, I respect you for, for even knowing to say that. So we'll just leave that at that. Um, I'm sure you've been following a lot of the other notes that's been going on in the USA archery and all that. Have you been thinking in the back of your mind about the possible Olympics coming up in LA? Um, knowing that it's out there now, that's a, that's a stretch goal and, but it's a goal.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely. Whenever I saw that that announcement came out, I think last year during during indoor season, and I saw that, and I'm like, ooh, that's that's something there. Because I mean, don't don't get me wrong. At this point in time, I, I'm not a 30x shooter by any means, but you know, I I have my days where I can I can kind of lay it down and uh, seeing that seeing that there would be, you know six or seven years to prep for that before before they start tryouts and Olympic trials and all of that, yeah, that's definitely – that's something to shoot for, which I, I got to say, I, I can't say that I'm stoked that they're doing 18 meters for the Olympics, but I I understand why because that's the most accessible for the people. Um, but whenever you're shooting for something that big, that's definitely going to make a, a a game a lot more fun. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, that's something that's on the radar, which it'll take a lot of work. And now there's, I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of people that have that in their mind. So nobody's a shoe in, and everybody's going to have their going to have to have their best day to make it. But that's that's definitely a goal to work towards. Absolutely,
0: I think that's great too. And and I, the things that I've studied and I've read a lot on the. Uh, the reason they've chosen 18 meters is the building. I mean, going into the future, other Olympics, the building that they shoot their indoor pellet um, rounds in can be used for this. So they're not asking anybody that bids on getting the Olympics, they're not asking them to build a different facility just for this. So it's cheap to get the product, or the product, the product being – in uh, compound into the sport, compound sport into the Olympics. It's cheap for him to get it in there. And there was something like, I think it was the lights was, was really the only thing that was going to need to be changed. So I yeah. I can understand why they chose what they chose.
2: Yeah, I can too. And it, it makes sense. I mean, not everybody say, say that they chose outdoor 50 meter not everybody has great accessibility to an outdoor 50 meter range, but if you live anywhere where there's more than six people, there's probably an indoor 20 meter range that you can go practice at within a half hour of your house, you know, and it's every professional, you know, there's a, there's a a big deal. You know, I, I shoot world archery or I shoot ASAs or I shoot ASA and IBO or I'm an NFAA shooter, but, Whenever it turns off cold, everybody's shooting at twenty. You know, like everybody is shooting dots whenever whenever the thermostat outside gets turned down. So I, I think that it makes sense and it makes it it makes it an even playing field for all of the compound archers. I mean, in the U.S. and everywhere else, obviously it affects the whole country. Also, I could see where it would be really hard to do outdoor 50 meters with it being with the winter Olympics, I could see where it would be really hard to do any sort of extended range shooting in, you know, what, when do they hold it in January, February?
1: it will be sometime when it's cold. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the reason they did that was to try to not step on the recurve Olympics so much. And there's always, it's always been a divisive topic in archery as to whether or not the compounds will get a seat at the table and I think to get a foot in the door, this was a good compromise.
2: Yeah. And I, I think I was actually at work, I was listening to a competition archery media podcast, and they, they started talking about the uh, the about the, the Olympics and stuff. And also the Summer Olympics, they kind of have a cap on how many people, and they always kind of push that cap on the number of participants. And the Winter Olympics, they're nowhere close to the cap. So also there's just a lot more room for another sport at the winter Olympics. So a a lot of factors that play into it, but I'm excited for it.
0: Well, I was just curious if it was in the, in, in the locker room, um, present locker room, your locker room, if it was even thought about. So that's the reason I brought it up.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's something that we're all, it's, it's, you know, like I say, trials are probably five or six years away but
0: it's still in the back of everyone's mind for sure, um, you know, what could be maybe one day. Cool. Well, Chris, stick around. Um, chime in any during this. We, we we want every opinion we can get, so, so don't feel like you're a stepchild here. Neil and I appreciate you taking the time out to, to chat and talk and tell us about you. So as we go to talk about other things, man, give us your two cents on that too. You know
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I am uh, I, I just want to say thank you guys. I'm I, I really appreciate the opportunity to to be on here to have to have two cents that are that are worth someone listening to. I I sure appreciate that.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, we're we're definitely
1: definitely glad to have you. It's you know, I I can almost remember being senior level in high school and never knew that getting a scholarship to shoot archery in college was even a thing. Um, you know Dave took a few years off in between back in the day and now and I took a few years off myself between uh, probably age 17 till 29 30 so it, it, it not knowing at the time that there's people out there that are going to come pay you money to go to college to shoot your bow is I think a huge topic for, you know, archery is a, you know, we always say archery is a family sport and you, you see people that, you know, when you meet them, they don't have any kids. And as time flies by, they've got, you know, six year olds that are turning into 16 year olds. And it's like, yeah, you know, you can really really help some of this younger generation out by, talking about college programs scholarship opportunities and you know it, it, it's not all that you do in college i think chris is a uh, what's your major is ministry
2: yeah I'm a, I'm a ministry major in, in college
1: so archery is another just another avenue that you can use to do what you want to do in life oh absolutely it's not your whole life but it can consume a pretty good chunk of it pretty quickly it
2: can. And, and your paycheck that, that is something, that is something really cool is, uh, you know, even, even before I came to college, I didn't know kind of what opportunities were out there. Like I say, you know, used to at the, at the NAS national and world tournaments, which they don't do it anymore, but they would give out like a $20,000 scholarship to the, to the winners. And so that was always something that I kind of was hoping for to, to maybe win one day. Um, but then you know whenever i got whenever i got that call from uh from Blake my coach and he you know told me about some academic that would be available and then shot me a number for what he was willing to give me to shoot on his team and my my jaw dropped to the my jaw dropped to the floor and it was it, it was just it was just really a kind of a cool moment cuz i'm like i didn't even know i didn't even know that this was possible and now that now i'm living it and that's what i try to do i still go home and help my Help my high school middle school team and you know do some coaching and do some participating in camps and practices and stuff and that's something that i really try to hammer into them is hey if you if you want this to this doesn't have to stop when you turn 18 you know there's there's scholarships to be won and there's money to be made doing this if you're serious enough about it you know so it's it, it really is a is a cool world out there and it, there's a lot more opportunities than a lot of beginners think that there is for sure i don't know about you
1: but i i can i can definitely say that even if i got a full ride to shoot a full ride scholarship to shoot archery i don't think i would financially break even
2: (laughs) 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 that's, that's what's bad i mean you guys you guys heard my setup i i i got i i didn't get a full ride on archery but i got a i got a healthy chunk which is definitely a blessing but I got a good chunk of money and then I had to dump three or four grand into a, into a bow setup to live up to the scholarship that I earned.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's but got look,
1: the motivation.
0: That's right. But remember this, it's a little bit and every little bit counts.
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it seems like there's always a little bit more coming out of my pocket just to make that setup a little bit better.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does that. You know, uh, we've got some local teams that are traveling that, that are probably, I would say just the stage under collegiate that follow a lot of the USA rules. Um, we have one one well, a couple of the teams right now are in Des Moines, Iowa, shooting for for Oklahoma. their teams the Red Hawks and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, I know they're there, and I'm not sure if any of the teams. And I, Neil, I've drawn a blank. Do you remember the team that was in Yukon and the gentleman that passed away? And I know the team has had to dissolve, and they're in the process of reorganizing. But do you remember that team's name?
1: His name was Sean, and it was the uh, trying to think. Uh, I better go go back real quick. Just point of clarification it was the i think it's the oklahoma city storm not the oh, oklahoma city
0: thunder. You're right absolutely i'm yeah. thinking basketball that, good that, call man that, that tom i'm sorry might get us in trouble we better, yes. we,
1: better we better stay on the uh, stevenson's
0: good side yes um trying to think it was a great plains something oh uh, that's that's real close yeah but they've got some shooters that are at that level right now that that can definitely sorry
1: I, I know they host the frozen Okie every year, but, um, yeah, that guy, uh, he was a, he was a really, really knowledgeable coach, hands-on, um, didn't, didn't get to talk to him a whole bunch, but when I did, it was definitely something always, always knowledgeable. And you don't think that the, you don't think that the recurve coaches have the, have anything to teach the compound people. You'd be dead wrong because I've had, uh, Tom Stevenson's a absolutely phenomenal recurve shooter and a coach for the younger people. And he's, he's tuned quite a few things on my compound that I never would have thought of. Um, just he's an absolute wealth of information. And you don't realize how much those, um, I don't know if it's Olympic style or fetus style recurve the, uh, basically recurve with the long bars and sights. um, how much of that translates to the compound game, but they are a, uh, they are very, very knowledgeable in archery, um, stuff that's really taken my game to the next level a time or two.
0: Yes. I've bounced several things off of Tom and he's bounced things back. And I remember one time I was, I was, when I was tinkering with my six fletch arrows and I was telling him what I was seeing and doing. And then I had a little tune issue with it and he says, well, if it was a recurve, we'd do this, 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 and this. I went, okay. He says, no, I'm not finished. Hold on. And he said, but you might also try this, this, this. And I'm like, okay. He said, no, no, two more things. And I was like, wow. I mean, just, yeah, I agree, but that's one gentleman we'll have to get on for this to, for a uh, guest also.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely have to twist Tom's arm into it. Um, so they have, I mean, I saw a picture of them on Facebook. They have to have at least a dozen kids up there in in Iowa at the,
2: uh, is it the Joad Nationals, Outdoor Nationals this week? Yeah, weekend? It's, yeah, it's Joad Nationals that's taking place in conjunction, I think, with USA Archery Nationals. Gotcha, gotcha. And the, I know the Goodwins took a team up there as well. So we've got
1: uh, quite a few very heavily involved youth teams in the Oklahoma City Metro, but I know – a few of them personally are kids from up around the Tulsa area so you've got kids coming 90 minutes to 2 hours from the corner of Oklahoma to participate on teams that are located in Oklahoma City so you know these parents are out there driving putting the miles in so their kids can pursue their passions and that's that's absolutely phenomenal
0: yes there's that one young lady i've i've, I've shot beside her at Dell City at that shop and yeah, she's on the Red Hawk team, and she's two hours from this area. Yep.
1: Yes, that's uh, you're talking about Emily. She shoots uh, left-handed, shoots an orange Hoyt. For those of you yep, listening, that's home, right. And we will app. She will mop the floor with you, and not. It doesn't even look like she's trying hard to do it. Um, I think she was shooting. Friday night and Saturday and I said, Man, I better shoot Saturday and Sunday just so she can only beat me once this weekend. <laughs> um that was a that was at the uh Arrowhead Archery. Indoor Southern was no Southern Sectionals was at Oakland. This must have been the state.
0: I think this was um, an OSAA yeah, they, they, They've
1: got some Yeah, they've got some they've got some shooters and I think they'd sent us um I think they sent us an update from when they were up there and said that they are just finishing up qualification rounds today and that elimination rounds would be tomorrow so they are right in the thick of competition right now um i wish we had if this was just a little bit later we would probably have some score updates for you know everybody at home to kind of follow along but i don't think they're quite finished up yet
0: no i don't i don't think so either but we'll we'll have them shoot us something over so we can highlight the the young men and ladies um, on the next podcast.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. definitely something that we want to keep an eye out on because, you know, these kids show up to a regular tournament and they're, they're polished and good and their bows are tuned and they're just breaking clean shots. Like it's like, they've been doing it for years and years.
2: Oh yeah. It's, it's impressive. I mean, I'm shooting compound. I'll, I'll go in there and, uh, like I've, I've seen them go into H and H a couple of times and I, i Up in there to shoot, and shoot with 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 recurves. I got fourteen year olds shooting better than me. It's like, man, I need to, I need to get something done here. I need to step it up a little bit. Got a a bunch of fourteen year olds with Easton X tens, just stacking them, and
0: like, man, I can't, I can't do that with my twenty sevens. Dang. And you know, I'm kind of the same way, except for one thing. I look at it different. I, I don't say say, dang, they're beating me. I look at them as pure respect of how they, their knowledge, they have gained so quick in their time frame that they've been shooting. And, and just, I just highly respect the way they shoot and how quick they've learned to shoot versus heck when it took, when I shot 15, uh, years straight, I wouldn't even at that level at, at that point. So yeah, I, I, I take perspective in a different way.
2: Yeah. And I I tell you, I think that a lot of it has to do with those recurve archers are incredibly disciplined in how they shoot. A a lot of compound archers come from a background of bow hunting, and then we we just kind of slowly buy better equipment and get better and learn a little something here and learn a little something there. But uh, especially those kids like we're talking, you know, they drive 90 minutes or two hours because there's a good coach there. And they're they're coached with a lot of a lot of mental discipline and a lot of shot process discipline and that's something that I've experienced uh, a little bit of that really helped me whenever whenever I was younger and I still I still get some coaching from her every now and then and I'm you know I'm proud to call her my friend but uh, Joella Bates she's a 14 time world champion and she's won world championships with compound recurve and bear bow and like, like stick bow. Um, wow, she's won world championships and in all four of those respects, but she's a, she's a level four world archery coach. And so she has taught me more about appropriate shot process and mental process. And whenever I come to her with a problem, I still call her every now and then like, Hey, I have this going on. And her question is always, well, you know, are you are you reflecting on your on your shots? Are you going through every step of your process? Are you skipping, you know, this section, that section? And it's that's why a lot of those kids become so efficient so quickly is because of the, the quality of coaching in, in recurve archery, especially in the youth, is just it's really unmatched. And that like you say, the respect for that. I have a lot of respect for those kids for being disciplined. In that, and a lot of respect for for the coaches for having having spent so much time and knowledge in that, and then wanting to impart that to a younger generation.
0: Chris, that makes me think of something here, and I'm gonna um, dive into just a little bit of your collegiate um, backing on this in school in the archery program specifically. What, what what's your practice routines like do you do you do you do this daily for x amount of time or is it every other day what what kind of a practice regimen does the college have for the team
2: yeah um that's a that's a great question so generally we at our school we're only four days a week so we're monday tuesday wednesday thursday and then no classes on Friday, and then of course the weekend we have off. So with Southwestern Christian, it's it's mandated that one day of practice a week is a is a Bible study. So whenever whenever tournament season isn't going as hard, maybe we're just starting the school year, or maybe tournament season is kind of let down or something for a little while. We'll go in. We'll have our uh, Bible study on. Monday, and then on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we practice. We show up at, um, depending on when we get out of class, we shoot up at 2 or 3, and we're mandated to practice at least an hour every day. But whenever we get thicker into tournament season, we throw in an hour or two on every every Friday. Um, but I will say there are a lot of us that we have our mandated practices you know three maybe four days a week but it's not rare at all for all of us to go in you know without our coach maybe in the morning before before we go to lunch and then lunch to afternoon classes to practice or maybe on fridays we all just meet up go to practice together shoot saturdays um uh like neil was saying okie land has their jackpots all winter long so a lot of the team shows up at jackpots and um Honestly, I have to say I'm really proud of my team cuz we go above and beyond what's what's mandated and there's a there's a lot of kids there that are just willing to put in extra work beyond even what the coach expects from us. So it's it's really cool to be in a group of kids that are that are hungry and want to do better and that, you know, I'm pushing them to do better, they're pushing me to do better. So it's it's really cool.
0: I I was just curious and I didn't know if it was set up oh and and I would say Like some of the different collegiate baseball, softball, if there was like X amount of time a day went to a gym, X amount went to, uh, the actual sport, uh, standing and shooting. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I, I I was just curious a little bit about that.
2: Yeah. Well, well, something that I should add, which as the year went on, um, this was something that didn't happen as much as an organized team, but we started out the year with 5 a.m. workouts. So we are, since we're the newest sport and archery isn't just, I mean, everybody listening knows that archery is never going to take precedence over baseball or basketball. It's just, it's just not that kind of spectator sport that uh, attracts the millions but we, so we would go in for 5 a.m. workouts and we would lift or do calisthenics or or something along those lines, maybe do some running for an hour before, uh, before baseball or basketball would take the gym. And so we, we would work out three to four mornings a week and then shoot four days a week. And then our, our team workouts kind of subsided, but like I say, our, my my friend group that I had last year was pretty well my team. So once that stopped happening in the mornings, we would still we would all just take an hour or two every afternoon and we would go in and lift or run or do do something just just to build up some of that shooting strength.
0: Okay. I was just curious. Well, let's talk a little bit about the the biggest news in the archery business right now. Does I'm sure Neil knows what I'm going to bring up. What do you think it would be?
1: Oh, probably one of those point shooters taking over a, uh, company making precision arrow points and different weights for your, your individuals out there that like to tinker with point weight in the arrows. I bet that'd be pretty exciting if a fellow was so inclined.
0: Yeah. Was you insinuating that I like to tinker?
2: I've seen you tinker a little bit. <laughs> oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Dave never tinkers. No.
0: I can he's go over my bow setup. The guy to... that
2: whenever I'm poured on stuff, that I'm like, "Hey, you have any of these?" And he's like, "Yeah, I have 14 in my truck right now."
0: <laughs> yeah. Here, take,
2: <laughs> Dave, Dave, Dave's Dave's quote is: "Here, take these and
1: try them out. I don't
2: want them back." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've I've gotten that a time or two, and I tell you what, that one saved my butt a time or two. That that statement there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I I I've tinkered just since you was over at my shop, Neil. So hey, let's leave it at that. Um, but yeah, the the big thing <laughs> was Jesse Broadwater and his wife um, buying competition archery products. I think that's great. Um, I, I did get to listen to the bow junkie. Um, podcast on that and extremely informative and, and a lot of the whys and how comes they, he, him and his wife wanted it. I thought that was really intuitive on their part, thinking further down the road.
1: Yeah, that's definitely something where you you get into archery and you get to that level of success. It's like, okay, what is, what's, what's my next move? What's going to keep me busy the rest of the time? Because you, you know they're putting the time in behind the bow, and you know the the dude's arrow count has to be astronomical. But still, a lot of time to fill up in the day.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So I wish him and his uh, his wife the best. And I, I can tell you right now, that's what I got in my my arrows right now the the one hundred and five grain tips.
1: One hundred and five grain. Yep. And you're shooting those out of your. Gold tip triple X's.
0: That is correct. Well let's let's well, do that. Well, why don't you go over your setup? Well, why you over your setup? Well, that's something we've not talked about is our setups. Um we've got another oh, twenty five minutes. Talk, to, talk about your setup. Ne- yeah. Ne- so let's let's start let's with one then home. we'll go to the next one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the only uh the only one I'm running right now is my uh, Stratos thirty six. It's been my three D bow. I'm shooting uh, uh, VTAC 25s out of it with the buck 20 up front. Six power lens on an Excel. Uh, Hamsky peep, Hamsky drop away. I shoot the old style Hamsky, the uh, the hybrid hunter. Um, the uh, I like it a little bit better without the bar underneath it. Um, dead center X bars, 15 and 27 for length. 9 and 18 on the front and back, respectively, shooting it maxed out with a little bit of twist in the cables, about 62.4 pounds, shooting it at 75% let off. And uh, it's, it's been really good to me this year for 3D. I'm going to ease into it, probably going to shoot my other 36 for indoor out of the gate just to see. Um, I've set my 40 up for field, a lot of the same stabilizers and scope combos and everything like that. A um, little bit of difference in the peep sight, but yeah, shooting the shooting the Stratos with the HBT, um, they're all seventy five percent, um, twenty eight inch draw. I usually like to shoot them pretty close to maxed out as far as the weight goes, um, just depending on what the arrow likes. But yeah, right now, uh, twenty five with a buck twenty up front, four fletch on the back with uh, flex fletch. The two inchers I believe, and Biter nineteen two hundred knocks running through a gold tip GTI bushing. So I wanted to run the big biters and had to had to go to a different bushing. And it it's been pretty okay for three D. Uh, I haven't had anybody break my breaking arrow this season yet. But when they're out in the five ring, most people aren't shooting them at that particular <laughs> part of the foam animal. <laughs> So they've been pretty safe so far. Um, my indoor arrows last year, I shot VTAC 27s with, I think either 250 or 300 in the front. Um, didn't have a great indoor year. So I think I'm going to try them a little bit lighter, probably with probably start at 150 in the tip and kind of go up from there. I've got a, I've got a big bag of the screw in adjustable weight points.
0: So I'll be able
1: to kind of tinker with that a little bit. Um, Really just trying to, trying to work on break and middle because I think that there's a lot of people that look at the pros and the way they tinker and the way they methodically go through different arrow and point-weight combinations is all dependent on breaking clean shots. And for your average, you know, working 9-to-5 guys, that's not something that's a given. And I think that's something that a lot of people – You know, when you find an arrow combination that your bow likes and it works for your style of shooting, there might be a method to it or it might be purely coincidental, but don't forget to give yourself credit because you're the one that's doing 99.9% of the work. If you can't break it in the middle, no arrow is going to save you. So I think there's a lot of people that can... You know, you're striving for more forgiveness or more speed or whatever your setup dictates at the time. Um, And you might find something that's just a little bit better, that lands a little better. Um, I think why I'm liking my, my lightweight 3D arrows right now for indoor is because I'm shooting a hinge and it's moving in the middle, and when it breaks, it breaks. I'm finding that as long as I'm staring at the middle, that last split second is doing me pretty good if my form stays like it should be. The arrow's gone faster. It's a little bit more forgiving. And that kind of goes against conventionally what I'd always heard is for indoor, you want those big, heavy, slow ones because they're going to be, you know, some people find them more forgiving. I've seen, you know, Jesse Broadwater shooting huge, huge tip weights on uncut aluminum 27s, you know, for Vegas. And, I bet he could shoot just about any arrow and land it in the middle, but that's what he's gonna go shoot his tournaments with. So there's gotta be something to it.
2: But that's that's something that made a really big difference for me last year. Last year was my first year ever ever setting up twenty sevens because it was my first my first big official indoor season. And uh Dave was actually my catalyst on this. I was shooting three hundred points up front. And he had he had an arrow and it, it wasn't quite the right spine uh, for for the poundage that I shoot. I think that it was a it was a little weak and it had like 150 grains up front. And I was shooting a little stiffer arrow with like 300 up front. And I just I couldn't get it to hit. I was breaking middle and you know shooting nine eight line. He goes here, try this. And I I shot one of his arrows and I mean I was just pounding with it he's like, you know, sometimes more point weight for indoors, that might be what you hear, but that's not always better. And that's, that's what had me changed over to 150 grains last year. And those arrows were, they were good and forgiving. And as, like you say, as long as my form was good, as long as I was breaking clean shots, they were pounding.
0: Yeah. Chris, Chris, we never did ask you, what's your draw length?
2: Oh, I I'm drawing I'm right under 28. I'm probably 27 and uh 27 and 7 eighths, maybe a, a little longer. And I I play with that just to just to kind of see what's more comfortable, but I'm right around that that 27 and and 7 eighths uh draw length. I'm I'm shooting also something else that I forgot to go over. I'm shooting my I'm shooting my Tempest at 59 and a half pounds right now so i'm I'm just under that that 60 threshold for any world archery indoor tournaments so
1: yeah Perfect. so you don't have to do last minute when you go show up
2: yeah I, w- I would just soon not have to break out the wrenches whenever they pull out the bow scales that's that's a little more stress than i can handle that's for sure
0: <laughs> neil the only thing you didn't mention and i just want everyone to know that was a Hoyt, correct i mean just gotta ask
1: I, I, I do I do prefer the Hoyts. Uh, pretty much a lifelong, a lifelong affliction. We've not found a cure for it yet. Um, medical doctors are stumped as far as the cause. But uh, you know we should really have an awareness month for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How many do you presently own, Hoyts?
1: Presently in my home. Nope, no.
0: Own, own. That's everywhere that is out there. We
2: didn't talk about any new house. Just where where are they anywhere? I've got a few for sale
1: at Okey Land Bow Hunters on the used (laughs) rack. I think there's two or three left down there. And my dad's shooting two or three of my old bows. Uh, He's shooting my 2007 Vantage X7. He's shooting one of my 2014 Pro Comp Elite XLs that has had uh, SVX cams Frankensteined onto it. They didn't make those cams yet, but we found a kid out of Canada that found out the exact right string cable combination to put SVXs on the 2014 platform, 40-inch. A couple of old Ultra Techs laying around, uh, and uh, it's like three, I think three Pro Techs. one two thousand and two XT three thousand limbs. So I do have I do have a few bows laying around. If anybody out there has a kid that needs one to get started on, um, only one of them sentimental. I bought one when I was fifteen years old off a local guy named Brad Thompson. Um, he's passed away in the last couple of years, but he was a great dude. I knew him my whole life, and he won in must have been ninety nine or two thousand. He won nationals and worlds with this. Blue, electric blue, fade to black, uh, Pro-Tech XT 3000. And I bought that off of him for $250 with the first paycheck I ever made. Spent it before it hit my bank account. And, uh, I shot that, I shot that bow a lot. I pulled it, pulled it back out when I started shooting again, two or three years ago. Um, and it, since then it's been an absolute downhill
2: spiral. Nice. <laughs> That's like last year it was indoor season. And this guy, I, I'd seen him in with, uh, with a uh, stratus 40 and then i'd seen him with a stratus 36 and he had been tinkering (laughs) with both of those and then he comes in with an old Hoyt bow that i don't even know if i had ever heard of is like oh yeah i'm setting this one up for tack i can't i can't bounce either of those stratuses around the mountain i just started to think like how many do you own (laughs) this is also the same guy that i've heard say yeah i'd rather just go ahead and uh and go to the thrift store to buy my tennis shoes. That way I can send more of my paycheck to uh, to an archery shop.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much my M.O., and for the record, I did take a Stratos to the tack. Oh, did he really? Did I,
2: really I did it.
1: <laughs> you, you told me that you weren't going to Six-powered lens, clarifier, semi-short stabilizers. Uh, what was that one you read? I borrowed one from Dave that was like an 18-inch front bar and a 14-inch back bar loaded up. We drug that thing up and down the mountain.
2: I bet that was a good time.
1: Yeah, we'll get into that in
0: another episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dave, what are, you, uh, what are you shooting over there?
0: Well, I am a lifelong PSE guy, and everybody knows that. But, yeah, there's a but. In late February, early March, I picked up the Botech Gen 239, and I will tell you... That that is a shooting machine. Um, My complete setup on that is, and now guys, don't don't laugh at me, you two. Um, Neil knows my setup pretty well, but I shoot 48 pounds. um, Got a 30, and I've got this down to a 33-inch draw. For the first time since (laughs) Indoor Nationals, I laid down my wrist rocket release, and I've went to back tension. So I had to shorten my draw length when I got back from nationals because I had it at 33 and a half. And so I've got it down to 33, pulling 48 pounds. I've got the Hamski fallaway rest on it, the XP, Achieve XP sight. I've got the UV2 scope with a seven power lens in it. And I think diopter, it's probably eight, eight and a half with the distance between my eye and that lens. But the sevens always seem to be working good for me. Presently, this month, I'm shooting gold tip triple X arrows with three DCA veins, biter knocks, 105 grain tip up front. And, oh, release. Um I've got the Scott Ascent release.
2: hey, and i, I want to make a point real quick for everyone listening. if that tells you anything about how much uh, Tinker and Dave does, notice he said presently
0: this month,
2: I'm shooting, yeah, so uh, everyone just just keep note of that if that tells you anything about Dave.
0: Well, that's because i just this year, I've went from aluminums vtech twenty sevens. Um, SuperDrive 27s and these gold tips and I got it in my head and I I know the light pounds that I shoot, the long draw and the stiff arrows for indoors, I wanted to get as stiff as I could. So I wanted them to straighten out as fast as they can before, as quick out of the bow as I could and I've tested that and that's the one thing. I might make a change but I'm going to test it. I've got notes and notes and notes on tests that I do. So I started out with these gold tips with, I think 150. I tried 120 and I'm presently at one Oh five. I don't plan on going any lighter, but I'm presently at one Oh five and they straighten out at about three and three quarters to four feet, sorry, four yards in front of the bow and they're shooting shooting straight at that point right there.
1: Do you uh, do you figure out through paper
0: yeah, how long a, it
1: takes it to correct? That's correct. On any, that's, is that the starting point for you on an arrow?
0: No, I, I don't shoot through paper. The only time I shoot through paper is like on this test. That's how I can tell where they straighten out at is I've got to shoot through paper to see it because, um, you know, your eye visually, you can't t- tell that. So I shoot through paper at different yardages to do it, and the v actually were the best at that point. They were, they were at five yards. The Super Drives were at seven. The Aluminums, if I'm not mistaken, was seven and a half to eight. And I played with tips on them from 325, 3, 250, two and a quarter, one seventy five, one fifties. Um, so I played with all different kinds of tips on the Aluminums, but. As far as shooting and setting up my bow, all I do is I just bear shaft. I don't do any paper tuning.
1: There you go. For those of you at home, when I met Dave, he was the only person I'd ever seen that had a six-fletch arrow and was absolutely (laughs) hammering middle with it. And if you think it's hard to glue six veins on, it's even harder to strip six veins off because you better believe he's changed it probably within the week. So it is very difficult to keep up with the tinkering and the tunings of Mr. Bosca.
0: Well, I don't know whether to say thank you or not, (laughs) but there's a rhyme for my reasons. You got to
2: try it all to have,
1: you got to try it all to have the confidence behind the bow because you know, you're out there, obviously when you're at full draw, the last thing you want to be thinking is I hope I don't miss. And when that thing goes off, it's, you know you're thinking middle you're staring middle you're hoping and praying middle and you know sometimes it lands sometimes it doesn't but at least you've been through every technical aspect of arrow building and shop manufacturing that you can you know done everything i can do push and pull and stare at the middle
0: absolutely and the one thing that everybody tricks or trigger out right now with me is is my dot aperture and my scope um that's that's what got has everybody when they look at my rig and they look at that and go, What? You know what I'm talking about, Neil. I don't shoot any dot in my scope. I just literally house the the, the target within the, the scope and I just look at the center and it just centers itself. I don't I don't shoot a dot, I don't shoot a nut pin, I don't shoot nothing. I just shoot a piece of glass. That's it. Today, um, before all the circle. heat set in. Go ahead.
1: I I say we we probably should apologize on air to everyone we've tricked into saying he's got a dot, but it's it's a piece of ink on a toothpick inside his clarifier, and we've watched people (laughs) at the range turn his bow upside down and try to look through this glass. Cause when your draw link's thirty three and a half, 33 and a half, they can't pull it back and see it. So I've watched people turn his bow over trying to find a dot of ink on a clarifier yeah. that would just with the straightest face you've ever seen. He goes, oh, I got a dot, but it's in the clarifier. I use that to center. And I, I just, yeah. I think that might I think that might've been wrong of us. I'm not sure how I feel about it.
0: Yeah, but we got a laugh out of it and we're still talking about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely fun to it's fun to watch people look at his uh, scope setup and not quite figure out where it is. But if you look at the paper and where the arrows are, if it works, it works.
0: Yeah, before it got too hot today, I think I texted you and told you I had a good day going today. Um, I got to shoot six ends before it got 100 degrees out here in my warehouse, and I dropped one. Um, I think I dropped two X's and one point, so... And it works for me. You know, this setup would be stupid, probably for someone else. But it works for me, my game, my mental game, the the way I'm trying to learn this back tension, I have got a lot a lot to go. Um, man, I love my wrist rocket. Oh my gosh, you I shot the very, very same release for like fifteen years. and to change that was was huge for me. Um, but after my debacle in at the indoor nationals this year, I I told myself, I will not shoot a bow again until I learn back tension and I'm, I'm working hard at it. Got a lot, a lot to learn. And my biggest thing that I've had to realize was the sight picture change, you know, setting the bow up that, okay, that. That didn't take long, getting the bow set up for a back tension versus a my other wrist rocket. But then just my process of switching to this is has been a long row to hoe. I went five, six weeks before I even stood in front of a target or a piece of paper on the target. I didn't get beyond five yards for, oh, I don't even remember how long. 10 12 14 16 days i stood right up on it um and it took me four or five weeks to get all the way back to 20 yards and i I still catch myself walking back up and starting over i just feel that that's been the best thing to do for me trying to learn this back tension and i'm not there don't get me wrong i'm not saying i am but i'm sure i gave myself the summer getting ready for the indoor season um but Neil you're trying to talk me into doing the outdoor and I did spend a little bit of my wife's money and I got some outdoor arrows coming.
1: You got some outdoor arrows, what'd you order?
0: I got some of the VTech 20 I'm sorry, VTech 23s. Um the 380 spine. I got 120 grain tips coming for 'em. I'll put pin bushings in the back end and I'm going to shoot the Q2I um I think they're two inch, two inch long. I like the 0.55 height, the little over half inch high. Yeah.
1: And that's for the state 900 coming up in September 9th Se- and 10th.
0: That's right. And the reason I go. chose, the reason I chose them was the dual purpose for me. I don't shoot a lot of USA archery just because there's not a lot around here. But I can use that shaft in those, but on that outdoor target butt, as much fun as it is to pull it off and then scratch the foam off your arrow, that coating they have on those arrows, I think will make it a little easier to pull them out.
1: I've found that as well. The, uh, the carbon weave doesn't pull as much foam out uh, chunks and barnacles on 3D targets as other arrow I've shot. Other arrows I've shot in the past um, haven't seen if it'll hold up over time, but it does. Uh, and some people say that's a negative that it doesn't pull as much line. Um, so you you know you you've got both sides of the, the coin there. Some people like it, and some people don't. Yeah, but I remember when I when I started shooting 3D, and I was like, "Hey guys, I got some arrow lube. It'll be easy to pull." Everybody there kind of frowned at me. They're like, "Don't put, don't be putting any of that on my arrows. I'm trying to pull line." I'm like, oh, oh, okay. I'm just a guy pulling arrows. My bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not volunteering for that job if you're not going to lube it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: definitely, definitely on that 900. If you guys show up to it, you want to have a can of a uh, bottle of woodies or arrow snot or whatever your whatever your arrow lube of choice is. It, yeah. They are those butts are are stiff unless you stack it in the middle, and they're a little more forgiving in the middle. But sometimes that's not an option for everybody. Wow.
0: <laughs> well guys we went a little Another, over an uh, hour now what are you thinking
1: yeah i was gonna say about that time let's uh let's talk about a few upcoming tournaments let's figure out where everybody's going to be chris what do you i know you're only here for a little while registration you're going to shoot the Oakland triple crown third leg uh this weekend what else do you have on your schedule
2: yeah um right now i I kind of kind of committed a committed a sin here. I, I got lazy coming out of coming out of indoor season. We had been shooting dots for so long with my college team because that's that's all that we were shooting last year. So I, I got pretty lazy and didn't shoot a whole lot through the first half of the summer. But I shot a, uh, I shot a Missouri qualification ASA last week. I'm shooting uh, decided to stay a, a couple days to be able to to shoot this to shoot this uh third leg of the triple crown here at Okie Land tomorrow. Haven't decided if I'm shooting it tomorrow or Sunday, but I'm shooting it sometime this weekend. There's a uh there's a three D I've been looking at maybe shooting on my way back home outside of Tulsa on Sunday, but as far as that goes, the the Missouri summer ASA uh Kind of state qualification tour is is winding down. Our state championship is actually tomorrow, so and I, I didn't even get qualified to be able to shoot that. So for a while, my my tournament schedule is is looking pretty dormant until fall comes, and I am doing my darndest to talk my coach into getting us over to uh, I believe Louisiana. Don't don't quote me on that, but I believe Louisiana for Collegiate 3D Nationals on in October. About as late as you can be shooting 3D anywhere, and that's, that's my favorite game. So I'm hoping that he can get us over there. We just have an issue with, with practice space at the university. We have to go to local ranges. So he said that he'll try and figure something out, but hopefully that's what I'm getting into before – For indoor starts and it'll be a loaded indoor season but i i don't know if y'all are ready to to get into that yet but for the time being just a a couple 3ds coming up and then maybe a little bit of time off
0: well i'm in for indoor
1: i dave and i dave and i have officially declared as of this
2: past monday it is officially indoor season well it's see if you're not careful you might either make me cry or throw up because i go to night i go to sleep at night and i dream a little yellow dots and i wake up screaming so <laughs> I, i'm not i'm not sure that that just that just tickles me but indoor
1: indoor can be a, a very unforgiving grind but it's better than getting frostbite on your toes and once you're done deer hunting it's pretty much all you can do to escape your family coming in for Christmas. So I don't know. I mean, be I guess being away at school,
2: you don't have that. You don't have to worry about that yet. But, but hey, I, I do have to say one thing that indoors has done for me, it, it got me away from home and got me to Oklahoma City. So I guess I can't hate it that bad. Um, for our upcoming indoor season, we're going to shoot. So last last year we shot Vegas, and that was a lot of fun. But we're we're not going to do that this year, so we're going to shoot the uh, the this ain't Vegas tournament, um, pending that they still have that at Okie Land this year. Um, have you heard if they're still if with with uh with that Philadien, are they still going to have the frozen Okie this year?
1: I have not heard yet. We will we'll have to get we'll circle back to that and get an update. It, it's a pretty it's got a good turnout, so I don't see why they wouldn't. But the uh, the individual that was putting it on did did pass away, so there are certain sanctions they have to have to get a U.S. archery tournament. I'm sure they there's a possibility of it. I um, don't
0: it, know for sure. It was a star, I think that's the proper terminology, a star event to where other people could come in from other states, including collegiate teams, and it would count for... And now I'm going to show my ignorance in this part. The whatever it counted for, they were able to utilize it because everything was official. The the, the range had been certified, things like that.
2: Okay, Absolutely. Well, yeah, uh, pending that they still put that one on, that one's on the radar for this winter. We're going to shoot NFAA Southern Sectionals. We're adding uh, NFAA Indoor Nationals this year, which I'm, I'm pretty excited for. And what I'm most excited for is this will be my first year um, shooting the Lancaster Indoor Classic. Hot dang. So pretty, <laughs> y'all are going to Lancaster. Yeah. Pretty, pretty exciting. I tell you what, with, with how, how Vegas went last year, I, I am plenty fine with giving it up to head over to Pennsylvania. That's that, for sure.
0: That is my favorite indoor national shoot right there i I just i love the format i love everything about it except for the air flight other than that i I love that whole that whole setup something you might consider is in september it's usually right around the same time that the osaa shoot that neil and i was talking about oklahoma usually also has a usa outdoor that 50 meter so you, you might kind of put that on a quick radar for you.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: It's it's usually the week right after our state 900, which is September 9th and 10th. So that one's, that one's coming up pretty quick and I'm trying to get my goal for this year at the state 900 is not anything to do with how I score my arrows. I want to get 10 people that have not shot a 900 round before in their life to go try this out because it's, 60, 50, 40 yards, five ends, six arrows each for 90 arrows total, and it's out in the wind and the sun at a – I mean, you stick your arms out side by side. That's the size of the target. The X-ring's got to be the size of a grapefruit. It is, it's the biggest X-ring you're going to get to shoot at in competition.
2: Well, I tell you what, Neil, you uh, you may have one against that 10 because that's not something that we're planning on shooting, but I may – I may uh, may get a ride with you down to that one. That that sounds like a pretty good time. I've never shot a nine hundred in before, so yeah,
1: we've we've got a few people that are interested in it, and it's it, it's fantastic for the money. All you have to do is join the state OSAA, and which qualifies you for I think the six yearly state tournaments. So for forty five fifty bucks, you get six tournaments at least, and that's by far one of my favorite events. Um, packed right in there at Trosper here in the Oklahoma City metro. So that's a good one to hit. Um, A couple of them coming up here in our area. This weekend, we've got our our Oakland Bowhunters Triple Crown. Um, We've also got the Odd Bane Out guys putting a shoot on up in Tulsa. Wagner's is tomorrow only. If you guys want to make it out to Wagner, it's a good one. We are headed up next weekend for Kansas's State ASA. We're going to go up there with about six guys and Absolutely wreak havoc on their locals. Um, let's see. The weekend after that, back in Oklahoma, is going to be the Triple Crown Championship hosted by the Oklahoma City Gun Club. So that's the they have three legs, and then the championship. So that'll be the fourth and final of the Triple Crown. After that, I think we might have an off weekend. Those are kind of those are kind of rare around here. Um, and then there's the state broadhead shoot held Down it's the OSAA state broadhead hosted at Trosper, where you're shooting unknown distances at 2D animal targets, uh, shooting them into big styrofoam. So throwback to you, Dave. You said you got yeah. to uh, shoot some 2D. You got to shoot some 2D paper targets. Once upon a time, um, they still do that. They still do it for score. Um, you know, you're just shooting for a plaque. There's no money involved. And the weekend after that, I'm going to go down to Houston to shoot their combination state 900 round plus their marked 3d round they're having two tournaments at in one weekend at one location and i've got some friends down there so it's going to be a pretty busy six weeks um moving through august it's you know you got to beat the heat somehow so you might as well be out in it i guess that's the only way to get get to it and get through it um so we've we've got a lot of shoots coming up here in the next couple of weeks we're going to try to you know, showcase a few of those and spotlight them. Um, want to say good luck to everybody headed down tonight for Texas's state ASA tomorrow and Sunday. So we want to, you know, want to shout out Brad and Tara Timmerman. They always put a fantastic state tournament on. I think they had their number of pre-register uh, pre pre registered shooters was at like three hundred and twenty-seven, and those are just the people that RSVP'd ahead of time. So they could very easily crack. 350, dollars for a state ASA. That's something that's unheard of in these parts.
0: Two two real quick things. One thing is on the state nine hundred you talked about, you was telling Chris, you do not need an OSAA membership if you have a current and in good standings NFAA or USA archery membership. So if you're a member of the okay. USA, you don't need to buy that forty five dollar membership just to come shoot that one shoot.
1: Perfect, perfect. We'll try to we'll try to clarify those that those issues just so we can make sure and prepare people because it it admittedly it is a struggle when you got your hunting buddies or your three D shooting buddies and you're like hey come shoot this come shoot this skinny arrow event you don't really need skinny arrows the um, guy that won the senior divisions last year shot it with twenty sevens. So I'm not kidding. I'm I'm not kidding. He is crazy. We'll get him on here one of these times. Give him uh, give him a little. Dave, that might be a liability to give that specific individual some microphone time.
0: I got a beep but, button. Uh, I can we'll, bleep him.
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll save that bag of bees for a different day. Uh, but yeah, you know it's it's definitely a, it's a great format, and you know you see a whole. They take over like a tennis court, and they have a big, a big line of targets, and they're huge. You think you can't miss, so you draw that thing back, and the wind starts blowing. So it's definitely a, uh, it can be a challenge. It can be a grind. Uh, Ninety arrows in the sun, it's always, uh, always a challenge. But it'll be September, so hopefully it'll be cooling off by then. And uh, Dave Bosca is going to be shooting outdoor events. Look
0: out. Well. That that's provided I, I get the arrows built. I, I don't know if I'll have time. You said something about it getting hot. I do like my air conditioning. The only other thing I wanted to bring up and I forgot to mention it was the type of, uh, stabilizers I use. I got carbon craft stabilizers. I got a 27 up front and a 15 out back. I run a four ounces on the front bar and I've got 14 ounces on the back spread out over seven inches. So I've got a total of a 22 inch back bar.
1: Dave has been tinkering with one third ounce weights stacked between full ounce weights, alternating them all the way down. And I got to try it a couple of weeks ago and it takes your pin movement to almost non-existent. It's, it's very eerie that it can make the bow at that still. So same amount of weight just spaced out over quite a bit of length. And it was uh, definitely something to think about trying at home
0: yeah I've, I've tested i've asked a lot of people questions uh and it's the dynamic movement and shooters like you and other shooters i i would put it on their bow and they would pull it back shoot and within the first two shots they'd look at me and they'd all say you're not getting this back we're done we're not trading I, and i've heard that from every single person that tried it yeah
1: yeah so we'll have to uh We'll have to get a uh, a listener poll at some point and see if we can get a few more people to try this and see if we can collect their thoughts on it just to see because you're, you're you've definitely stumbled onto something that I think we could you know we could have a few stabilizer gurus come educate us at some point on this podcast and uh, we'll just kind of pick their brain on it but you know try try and try again
0: that's right well Chris. We well, want to say thank you. I appreciate it and hope to see you this weekend shooting somewhere. Uh, myself, I'm just going to run up to Okie Land Saturday. I've got, uh, some spices I got delivered to our deliver local store up that direction. And I'll probably go hit another indoor, um, someplace Sunday just to, just to keep shooting. So that's all I've got. Neil, you want to run over any sponsors you got?
1: Oh, we always got sponsors. Um, not anybody that pays us, but we got a lot of friends in the industry. Um, I know you guys talked about earlier um, Jesse Broadwater taking over the um, – tell me the name of that. Tell me the name of the point. CAP, Competition Archery, Archery products. products. Competition Archery Products. We've got another buddy down in Florida, uh, JW and Danielle Pekowski, who are making bowstrings. The company is called Wizard Lab Archery. I uh, ran into them at the last pro am. Uh, I shot my very first pro am with J.W. and another fella out of Florida named Sean Schaefer, and they've just become real good friends that I see out there on the 3D trail. And anybody out uh, out in Hoytland that's tried the new cam, it is a very narrow groove, and you know a lot of target archers like to put a thick string on there. Um, Running a 24 strand gas at the moment, and my cam is impacting my serving that when you shoot six seven days a week it's going to start chewing through it um i've just recently got three sets of wizard lab archery strings in i'm going to be putting those on my bow i think i'm going to put it on the indoor bow first just because i have time to kind of set that one up and i don't want to tear my 3d bow down right now but um check them out on facebook check them out on tiktok anytime you see people that can get you a three full sets of strings out in two days and they're in the mail and to your door two days later. It's definitely somebody that you're, you're going to appreciate down the line. Um, I'm going to have probably a little bit more time behind them once I get them on my bow, but that's pretty much all I've got right now. Um, just kind of what I'm working on at the moment, but we'll see moving forward. Um, you know, you always want to try to try to shout out your local ranges and stuff like that and be good to them.
0: Yeah, definitely. We've got a great range. It's up in Dewey, um, the arrow shop. Um, definitely go in and visit with them. He is a wealth of knowledge, especially for all the hunting uh, rigs that's coming through right now. Um, and there's shops all over. We're not trying to just single out any of them. We, there's a ton of shops out there right now. We know that. Um
1: for for Oklahoma, we are we are beyond blessed to have good shops. Miles Blair at the uh, the arrow shop in Dewey is one of the absolute best. A new one out in Wagner is uh, Ty Dameron has opened a shop. Uh, I think just about a year and a half, two years ago. Uh, Tybo Archery, they will. I, I've seen more. He's gotten more kids to shoot, young young people and old at ASA tournaments, qualifiers, state championships um osaa championships he has an absolute cult following and it's it it seems like it's popped up overnight but i know he's putting a lot of time into it and he doesn't miss he doesn't miss a tournament either so he's maintaining a full full business full time and hitting just about every pro-am qualifier you name it he's he's either behind the bow or working on somebody's so Definitely, if you're in the if you're in the Tulsa area and you're not here in the Oklahoma City metro, by me and Dave, there's somebody out there that can take care of you.
0: Oh yeah, what? And I'm I'm scrolling Facebook right now and I'm trying to remember and and I feel silly for not knowing it. The archery shop that is coming on strong and everything down around um, the Arkansas line. Oh, I have drawn a blank. Last chance. Uh, That doesn't sound. I want to say the arrow something. um, I want to say it's down around uh, sulfur. I don't mean sulfur, sepulpa. Um, Sepulpa. I think that's right. Sepulpa. Now I said that wrong. Salisaw. Salisaw. I apologize. Is it not
1: last last chance? No, the LCA is the bow press. Like next arrow.
0: The next Next, arrow, yes, yes. Seems like they are doing a ton of stuff also for for kids. I have seen some uh, black light shoots going on, and, man, they are really promoting it hard. That's where I was trying to go with that, yeah.
1: It's like Chris was talking about, being from one of the more rural areas of the state, you get a good following that'll come try archery just because there's maybe less to do out there, and... You want to see those businesses succeed because they don't have the foot traffic and the quantity of business, but they might be the hottest thing in town.
0: that's right, And I've seen he's done almost looks like trade shows and just or in the community setting up things. So I think that is phenomenal. You know, as an independent owner of a business myself, i he's having to do something to generate business walk-in traffic and the man or the woman, I don't know who owns it. The person that owns it is getting after it. So my hat's off to them.
1: Chris, what's your, uh, what's your local shop back home?
2: Yeah. Um, a uh, uh, big shout out to uh, Troy Polston over at uh, Patriot Archery Supply there in Marshfield, Missouri. Um, that's not too awful far from from Springfield, just kind of a straight shot down I forty four there from uh, from Springfield. But he's a he's a really knowledgeable guy, and uh, for all of you darting shooters like myself, that is absolutely your man to talk to. Um, before he switched to Matthews, um, he was he was really tight with Jimmy Lutz. That was his representative, and uh, that's that's just a man that's a, a wealth of knowledge in an up and coming bow brand, especially on the on the hunting and especially on the on the target scene. Um, that's just a, a guy that that knows a lot about something that you know a lot of people aren't super super knowledgeable about. So he's a great guy. He'll always take care of you and. I mean, every time, every time I go in there, it's like, okay, well, you know, text me here in a couple of days and uh, let let me know how this is shooting. Let me know for sure if there's anything else that I can help you with. So, that's a that's a super helpful guy. There, they're about an hour from my house. And another one I want to shout out is Doug Kyle at uh, Kyle's Custom Archery and Arrow Supply. That's a really good shop um, in a in a pretty rural area. It's Dude, I don't even know what what town it's close to. It's it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. But he always he always puts on a couple really good three D shoots every year. So definitely an, another guy that's really interested in giving back to the archery community. So those are those are my two to to mention. Pretty pretty close to where I'm at. Cool
1: to have good shop.
2: Absolutely.
0: All right. So Dave,
1: you want to send us off?
0: You betcha. Want everyone to know that we are waiting. We're in that waiting period for approval from a lot of the different podcast hosters: the Apple Play, the Stitcher, the all those. But we have put in for this prop. Bod, prop I'll get it out in a couple hours. This podcast to be sent through them. So presently we're still we're we're actually already on Google, but the other ones are are still pending. So just make sure you like this podcast on the page that we put this up so you'll know when more comes out. And eventually we will get on everything else once it gets out there. So at this point, that's all I got to say. Just want to say thank you for listening. And we do appreciate. The Oklahoma, the Texas, the Iowa, all 12 states that have already listened. We appreciate it. That's all I got. Neil?
2: Get out there and break them in the middle. Chris? Yeah, no, not a lot, not a lot more than that. Just spend some time behind your bow.
0: Nothing, that's,
2: nothing compares to that.
0: That's right. Okay, everybody. Take care. Thanks a lot. See you down the road.